0: You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals Podcast.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. What up, what up, want well, to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals Podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy, Emmanuel. I'm back in the kitchen. I'm whipping it up and uh, back at it for another episode. Um, Definitely have to deviate from our regularly scheduled program because the world is different, man. Um, The world is different. Ever since Sunday. Ever since Sunday. January 26th the world is forever changed man um the passing of of nine folks in the helicopter accident but prominently and you know what what hit me the most and affected the the world the most not to say that anybody's greater or whatever but i mean we know what it is man kobe bryant gianna bryant rest in peace um I was greatly affected by this for one just seeing kobe and gianna and and that meme that was going around it was so cute you know obviously kobe was sitting courtside with gianna and i think they were at a uh i want to say they were at like a it wasn't even a laker game it was like the the brooklyn nets and atlanta hawks because Trey Young is Gianna's favorite player, and Kobe was sitting there kind of giving her that dad talk, breaking down the game, had all the hand motions, and she's sitting there like, oh, oh, okay, okay, you know, but it was just so cute, and then the the meme comes out about what Kobe, what y'all think Kobe was saying, and just having all the dad, like old school dad talks, and you know, phrases and stuff, man, it was, I mean, that was literally just like, what, a week, two weeks ago, and then man as as a father and someone who has a daughter and and knowing what that father-daughter connection is like man um i can only imagine what it was like as a father and just as a person just kind of shortly quickly realizing that you literally have seconds before impact and you just hold on to your kid you hold on to your daughter and just just hold just hold that's it I mean that's one of the most tragic things about this man it, it wasn't just him it's his 13 year old daughter as well I mean man that's heavy he leaves a wife he leaves three daughters to survive him it's just but he was there with his daughter and 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 he spoke so highly about her and they were their relationship was highly publicized because you know she played basketball and she was going to carry on his legacy and he spoke very highly of her because he knew how good she was and and the world was going to know pretty soon you know But with that being said, man, I just want to pay tribute to Kobe and Gianna. So let's get into the mind of the Mamba and the greatness of Kobe Bryant.
2: passion first um, when i retired from the game i sat there asking kind of all the wrong questions you know, what's the biggest industry i can get into and it's all the wrong stuff and you got to sit there and ask yourself okay what am i truly passionate about what do i enjoy doing and when you feel that way I, honestly i mean you feel like you have never worked a day in your life it's the most fun thing in the world you get up in the morning excited about what you're doing and you got to be really honest with yourself about it If you wake up in the morning and you're dreading going to work, dude, do something else. Do something else. And those are hard decisions to make, but when you make those decisions, it's a very liberating experience and you'll find out that the rewards will come. I think the best way to prove your your value is to work, is to learn, is to absorb, uh, to be a sponge. You you always wanna outwork your potential As hard as you believe you can work, you can work harder than that, and that's what I tried to do when I first came in the league. But you know, basketball is such a direct competition sport that me coming in at 17, I hated when like my teammates would say, "I get hit with an elbow." Right? Shaq would hit me with an elbow in practice, like you know. (laughs) know, Nick Van Exel would come up and say, "Are you okay?" But what? Wow, are you okay? hell is wrong with you you know so like I always had that extra chip on my shoulder so like every day in practice for me was really trying to annihilate everybody that was that I was playing against because I wanted to prove you don't need to babysit me like I'm fine (laughs) you know and uh, and so it's always um, that competitive nature the work ethic and curiosity because I asked a lot of questions playing with Byron Scott I asked him a lot of questions Eddie Jones, who was great at chasing guards off the screens, and I didn't understand how to do that. I would sit with him before practice, after practice. Magic, all the Laker greats, I would always sit down and just ask him questions about certain games that I studied growing up. What actually happened there? What did you feel there, and why?
0: Now, this next part coming up is my favorite, one of my favorites of of what I've heard uh, from Kobe over the years, and this is about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. But not like practice and preparation and making the most of your time, just maximizing your day. Let's get into it.
2: If your job is to try to be the best basketball player you can be, mm-hmm. right? to do that, you have to practice, you have to train. Right? You want to train as much as you can as often as you can. So if you get up at 10 in the morning, train at 11, 12, say 12, train at 12. Train for two hours, 12 to two. Um, you have to let your body recover, so you eat, recover, whatever. You get back out, you train, start training again at six. Train from six to eight, right? And now, you go home, you shower, you eat dinner, you go to bed, you wake up, you do it again, right? Those are two sessions, right? Now, imagine you wake up at three, you train at four. You go four to six, come home, breakfast, relax, so, so, blah, blah, blah. Now, you're back at it again, nine to 11. Right? Relax, and now all of a sudden you're back at it again, two to four, and now you're back at it again, seven to nine. Look how much more training I have done by simply starting at four, right? and So now you do that, and as the years go on, the separation that you have with your competitors and your peers just grows larger and larger and larger and larger and larger, and by year five or six, doesn't matter how, what kind of work they do in the summer, they're never gonna catch up, because they're five years behind. (laughs) So it makes sense to get up and start your day early because you can get more working. If I start earlier, I can train more hours. And I know the other guys aren't doing it because I know what their training schedule is. So I know if I do this consistently over time, the the gap's just going to widen and widen and widen and widen and widen and they won't be able to get that back. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was just common sense. I'm like thinking, how can I get an advantage? Oh, start earlier. Yeah, let's do that.
0: Has some amazing free game right there Kobe just laid out a blueprint obviously easier said than done and I've heard I mean when when I'm on my game I'm typically up 530 545 ish. I set my alarm for five um, and then I have another alarm that goes off at 530 <laughs> and I end up getting up around anywhere between 530 and 545 when I'm really on my game um, even i've heard of et eric thomas the motivational speaker uh, and strategist he talks about uh getting up at four o'clock because a lot of people get up at five he's like i'm gonna be up at four i'm gonna start my day at four i've never heard anyone say i'm gonna be up at three <laughs> and then i'm gonna start working at four up at three man. that's that's the highest level of dedication man but it can be done kobe has shown us he's given us the blueprint we've seen what his life was and what his work was because of it so um i thank him for that thank you for that kobe and showing us the blueprint and living it out man so this next clip series of clips is going to be um about let me see which one is this one i'm gonna play i'm gonna play the one where he's talking about jordan he's talking he's sitting down with with amara shah this is a while back he was sitting with amara shah and just talking about uh, his interactions with jordan what he learned from him and also talking about some other players that has similar levels of work ethic and sim- similar levels of killer instinct and confidence uh, when it came to the game of basketball. All right, so let's get into it. This technique was flawless.
2: I wanted to make sure my technique was just as flawless. Been down a half court and he wanted to know how, when I turn around on my jump shot, how to feel the defense. I told him you should feel the defense with your legs. Once you feel the defense with your legs, you can take advantage of that very inspiring for
3: me I remember talking to Michael about his motivation every night and he used to say that Maybe there was somebody in the stands that never had a chance to see me play for the first time And I want to make sure that they go home and they see the best of me
2: I remember being a kid and going to games Expecting to see the players play it never occurred to me at the time that they might be tired, might be sore, they might be sick. It never occurred to me. I just wanted to see them do what they do. I think about that. It doesn't matter if I'm sick. It doesn't matter if I have a sprained ankle. The kid that's sitting in there might be the next me sitting up there, watching and trying to get inspiration from that. I need to go out there and play. Oh, that's great defense there by oh, We're talking about... 36 years old 19th season in the league going against the best player on the planet basketball never felt like work to me and once i came to the nba and i looked around i saw other guys that weren't working as much as i was then i started to understand that you know how i went about it is hard work Mm -hmm. to me it was just i just love what i do so i want to do it as much as possible passion and people have to be lucky to find passion
0: in life yeah you do you know, And if you're really lucky, you find it at an early age. Not only did Kobe find out what he was passionate about at an early age, at the age of 17, right after he got drafted, peeped a mindset that he already had coming into the league.
2: I am a 17-year-old kid, but at the
0: same time, you have to understand when to separate business from pleasure. You know, I don't think you can mix the two, if you mix the two, that's when you start to fall. You know, now it's time to go in there and it's time to do some work it's funny man like some things money can't buy um some things school can't prepare you for a lot of things in life a college degree is not necessary this is mindset some people have it some people are are taught it some people develop it over time on their own just by reading books. But man, Kobe's mindset is priceless.
3: Did you set goals when you started in the NBA? Did you have goals at that point? Certain yeah, things was, that you wanted to do? Yeah, it was
2: really simple for me at the time, which is win as many championships as possible. That that was that was it. Growing up, I understood that to be the standard. I watched Magic five.
0: The Lakers are the world champions.
2: I watched Michael win six. Oh, my God, that was
3: beautiful. People talk about your relationship with Michael Jordan. Let me straighten this out first. The time at the forum or wherever that was, Phil had Michael come to the game and sat at the table. You remember that. I read somewhere where it said that you didn't challenge him or he didn't challenge you, it didn't happen. It did happen, because I was sitting right there at the table, right at the table. So Phil asked Michael if he wasn't do anything, just come by practice, maybe want to play. Maybe we can find out what you got. And then you said back, no, maybe I'll find out what you got. And then he said back, well, you can't guard me. And then you said, you can't guard me. Right. You, How old were
2: you? 21.
3: <laughs> 21 years old. There was a silent moment. And then when we walked out and we walked down the hall, Mike goes, I love that dude, man. He's a warrior. Because you did not step back. It's like, well, maybe we'll see. Let's play. And right. we can play tomorrow, <laughs> I got shoes. I'm
2: all day long. Oh, I know you ain't talking to me. Oh, you ain't talk. Hey, you only got three now. I got six. am <laughs> get that foul. You only got three now. <laughs> I grew up watching him, and I grew up having that same type of edge and competitiveness. I know where you're going. You gotta get up quick. If you knew where I was going, why you go for the fake? Mike, after you face the ball, where else are you going go? You left your feet. Yeah, but where else are you gonna in go? In the game, I go for you. I'm all the way around. For, I go for these ribs right here. Mike and I both know there's certain players that we can intimidate. Mm-hmm. Certain players are afraid. That's all right. I shoot him better when the clock going down. But every now and then, you run into a player that has the same DNA that you do, has the same competitive spirit that you do, and you quickly realize that the bullying and the trash talking is not going to work with this person. I can guard you one on one. You get one, it's nothing. Oh, now I know you lost your mind. He's going. But, you think that? That I can score on you? Yeah. No, I'm pretty confident at right. this point. Why? Because you don't talk yourself into getting 50 drop doors.
3: Have you run into anybody playing today, young, younger players, that have that same fire, that same passion that you have for the game?
2: Westbrook plays me. Oh, with a vicious slam. He played me like I did, with an aggression. much the way I play
0: so towards the end of that last clip the player that was saying he was confident that he would definitely get buckets on Kobe that was Kyrie Irving they were having a practice it was team USA practice um, and it it turned out that Kobe and Kyrie were very close friends um very close friends and on Sunday when Kobe passed you know there were a lot of NBA games going on. And the Nets happened to be playing the Knicks that day. And Kyrie was one of the few players and maybe the only player to sit out on Sunday and not play. Um, you know, he was that close to Kobe. And and of course, if he was that close, you were heavily affected. And in a mind state that it was very hard to do anything. Uh, so um, I salute Kyrie for, you know, just sitting out for the for the sake of his mental health and just having to mourn and process it. and it's not something that's gonna go away easy um, and it's not gonna go away quickly so um, prayers to Kyrie uh, prayers to the family of course Vanessa and the girls and all the other players former teammates and everybody else that was extremely close to Kobe Bryant so this next series of clips is Kobe uh, talking to a group of students at USC uh and actually Genie Bus happened to show up there and he was doing a talk on the Mamba mentality his book and, and some other things but just really talking about life um and at the end it was really cool because the students were able to ask questions and they asked some really good questions so um some of the things that he talked about talked on was like staying true uh not jumping ship when times get get tough uh he talked about um toning down his competitiveness in a new work environment going from being a player to being a business owner and you know learning how to challenge his employees in a constructive manner Um, he talked about what he did one time when he got hurt and his rehab (laughs) it was a very interesting rehab and um and lastly how to instill greatness in your in your children and, and work ethic so Let's get to it.
1: other than our own self governing consent. Defending an impending doom and no perceived need to concede or repent. Presuming our innocence in a sense descent. The sting of death was only the inevitable end of everything we could never rightly understand or comprehend. We used to most,
4: know, most, you know, as Kobe said, the Lakers play for world championships. They don't play for division championships or conference championships. They play to win it all. And from 1997, when Kobe came in the league, through 2012, the the Lakers were in the playoffs all but all but one year. Um, the last few years of Kobe's run, um, uh, they were a young team and they weren't. In, they were out of playoff contention. How does your attitude and leadership deal with changing goals? You know, I, I know it's it's good to say that you want to win the championship every yeah. year, but it probably wasn't really a realistic one. So, how do you ad- adjust? How do you adjust as a team leader? I, and then how, what conversations does ownership have with the coaches well, and teams I remember about rebuilding? Well, Jeannie, Jeannie um,
2: is so sweet. that She saw me work so hard for so many years. And the last few years, um, her and Rob, who was at the time my agent, um, called me and said, listen, we are so sorry for what happened to this team. We're sorry that we don't have Seriously, it's like we don't, we're sorry we don't have a team around you that can contend for a championship. I mean, it's, it's, um, so we we can make a few calls and get you on a contending team uh, if that's something, because we just feel horrible about seeing you going out there and struggle. Remember this? And and I sat there and I listened. I said, you know, we've known each other for a very long time. Now I'm questioning myself because I'm wondering what about me makes you think I would jump ship? (laughs) We don't do that. Because- you know, We don't do that. <laughs>
5: we couldn't take losing and, and, and how angry you would get. I know, that, we that's probably what it is. <laughs> we were scared. Yeah, I, I flipped a few tables. <laughs> <It's like laughs>
2: Maybe more than a few tables.
5: It's like that Kobe yeah. face. <laughs> <But Yeah>. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> I felt bad
2: for Mitch a few, well, not really, a little <laughs> bit. When little bit.
5: When we lost to the Celtics, in uh, 2008, Mm -hmm. Um, you and and Phil Jackson used to say it's worse to lose in the finals than to not make the playoffs at all, Mm -hmm. and losing especially to the Celtics was that much more difficult, but you just took that right from the court and went to the Olympics and led the team to a gold medal. So you just you took that, and then then you were on a mission to mm-hmm. get back into the finals and win, and and you did. And mm-hmm. like but we played. We, it's fan,
2: but to me, it's fan. Like it's it's not like the Lakers. I've been a Laker fan since you know, five years old. I Man, I can I know the Laker history all the way from Minneapolis all, all the way to where it is today. All right. So it's in my blood. And, and this family, her father, um, um, believing in me and standing by me, and all of stuff. Like I, I'm not not gonna go anywhere, like, this is home to me. You know, we work through this stuff together, and like, you know, as a leader, you gotta be able to take the good with the bad, man. You can't just, because the ship's sinking, all of a sudden, I'm gonna jump off and swim to another ship. Like, that. you don't do that, right? If you can win championships in front of everybody, then you could miss the playoffs in front of everybody. You gotta be able to take both sides of it.
4: Or or sign with Golden State.
2: <laughs> well, but they no. weren't they weren't losing.
4: That's a it, no. It's a con, it's, it's it's the opposite view. It's the yeah. opposite view. It's no, perfect. it's hard. Yeah.
5: It's hard to stay. It is hard. And that's why in in the jersey retirement ceremony, I said I talked about that. It might have been easier for you to leave, and you know you didn't. in that you
2: know. Yeah. If you're doing something that's so easy, man, you might want to reconsider what you're doing. Like, I, I don't, like I can't, you know, Durant's been a friend of mine for a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, he's been a friend of mine for a long time. So has LeBron and all those guys. Would I make the same decision? No. But that's their decision, that's their choice. I would have stayed, but it is what it is.
4: Yeah, it, uh, people have to do what's right for them. You know, I mean, it, it's not a judgment, it's just a fact. So, it is. It, it, it is. Is so, what it
1: is. When it is my time to go, go ahead and take me home. Know that I'd rather go. I wanna be with you. My question
5: for you is what did you know and learn at the end of your career that you wish you knew at the beginning?
2: Um understanding empathy and compassion. Right? Because as a young kid, when I came in the league, it was like, I'm driving this way, and either you're gonna be on the train or be on the track, <laughs> right? There was no such thing as understanding that people have lives outside of the game, <laughs> which you know, I, apparently I did not. Um, but like if I understood that at an early age, and it, it helps me as a leader to communicate better. I came to understand that later, um, and um, getting to know people on a personal level. Um what are their fears, what are their insecurities, right? What are their dreams and ambitions, desires, those sorts of things. When you come to understand that about a person, then you can help them reach the best version of themselves. So I wish I'd known that earlier.
1: Thank you. Oh, I bro. remain where you have me With joy when I feel unhappy And a peace that surpasses all my understanding My life is in the hands of your love everlasting And when it's my time to go
5: Wondering if you've had to tone down your competitiveness and your approach in a new work environment.
2: Um yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, the, more than a little bit. Yeah. No, it, well, ba- it, like I said, basketball is different because it's such a direct competition. Um, and what we do now, there isn't the, co- mm-hmm. the competitiveness that I um, you know, bring to work every day is really helping people, in a sense, be competitive with themselves. Right. If you're if you're animating something or or um, you're writing a screenplay, or you're composing a piece of music, is that the best you can do? Right? Don't ask me, don't say, okay, do you approve? Don't ask me, I'm not the musician, I'm not the composer, you know. Mm-hmm. right? So the competitiveness is more from an individual perspective. Are you, is this the best you can do? And uh, if the answer is yes, then off we go. So it's, it's different. <laughs> it's different.
0: Thank you so much. You got it, very
2: welcome.
1: I have to ask, uh, a lot of times dancers and athletes find themselves at odds with each other, um, mm-hmm. even though their crafts sort of demand the same thing from them. True. So I have to know um, how do you see dance and other art forms and athletics in alignment with one another?
2: Well, um, there, was a, there was a year I played um, Indiana Pacers in the finals. I rolled my ankle really bad. Mm-hmm. Jalen Rose stepped under me on purpose.
1: Uh-huh.
2: He admits it now, finally, and rolled my ankle really, really bad. I came back, finished a series, um, but I couldn't touch a basketball till mid-September, which was driving me crazy because I couldn't train. Mm-hmm. But I looked at, this was like the tenth time I rolled my ankle in one season. So I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, I got to address that. And so, be, being that I couldn't get on the basketball court, um, what I did was I took tap dancing lessons. <laughs> okay. No kidding, I took I tap. And tap was like the best training for me in the world because it strengthened my feet, it changed my rhythm and my approach to the game. I was able to change speeds when I came back the following season. <laughs> um, you know, I think dancers um, put way more strain on their body than athletes do. And I think there's a lot that can be learned from that. My daughter took ballet for several years. And I would sit there in the class, right? And I didn't know what I was getting into because I don't know anything about ballet, right? But I'm sitting there in the class and I'm watching her and watching her get the first position, the second position, and I'm I'm learning the structure and the rules that go along with that. Mm -hmm. And as athletes, there's a lot to be learned from that. Because if you simply go out there and perform and play, yeah, you'll be great every now and then. But if you play with structure, if you understand the rules that come along with that, the discipline that comes along with that, then you reach another level. But you guys have my respect. If Other people that don't see that, they're idiots. That's on them. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. Thanks. <laughs> by the way, I was a horrible tap dancer, by the way. That, mama mentality didn't translate to that shit, man. How you doing? I'm Captain Corbin Pierce. I'm a active duty reconnaissance Marine. All right. And also a father. So I have a
4: last question. I have a family question for you. Off the court now, how do you inspire and foster that vision of greatness in a child? You talked a little bit about your, the stories you tell them. a um, mentality that's very different than what they see every day in social media and so on.
2: Um, you know, I try to get my kids to see the beauty in the process. So when they got old enough, I used to take them with me to workouts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they used to be over there kicking a soccer ball around or whatever, but they would see. Right? It's not they sitting there and watching upset, but they would see. You know, they know I'd get up at four o'clock in the morning, right? They know I'm training again. You know, and, um, this film, Dear Basketball. I mean, they were there with me as I was writing it and uh, going through the animation process, going through step by step. And I think the important thing that we can do as parents is to lead by example, mm-hmm. but also encourage our children to think incrementally, not to say, "Okay, I'm, I want to be like you know, Gianna, for example, my daughter who plays basketball now." He said, Dad, can you teach me how to play basketball? I'm like, sure. She's like, okay, I want to be better than you. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, let's, you know, let's, let's start let's start with 15 minutes a day, right? And for 15 minutes a day, we just stood right in front of the hoop and just shot, right, right under the hoop. We didn't move around, we didn't do any dribbling, just 15 minutes a day, just shoot here, right? And you do that for a month and a half. And then next month, you step back. And the next month, you step back again, and then you start working on dribbling. Right. And so I think through actionable things is how we teach our children, right? Because <laughs> we can sit there and tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, I, you know, we're kidding and we listen. Right. But it, through sports, you can teach them how to think things incrementally because that's the way they behave. And if it becomes a part of their process in sports, it will become a part of their process in life as well. Thank you. It's, it's an on. honor here to hear you talk. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I watch it through my daughter my daughter plays every day so i enjoy watching her develop but that's about it um, my my daughter gave me the best piece of advice i was um, a little uh, uh, worried about turning us into a film i'd never done that something like that before and uh we we're in a house and we were talking about it as a family and uh, my little 11 year old gianna goes well dad you always tell us to go after our dreams so man up she's 11 man up so i had to man up and, and, and go for it go and take me home i know i'll
1: be with you i know i'll be with you when it is my time to go go ahead and take me home knowing that i'd rather go i want to be with you this has been absolutely
2: beautiful you guys i can't believe it's come to an end um You guys will always be in my heart. And uh, what can I say, Mamba out.
0: in peace Kobe and Gianna Bryant